Mac Power Users, Episode 436, MPU Plus, recorded on June 19th, 2018. back to another episode of the Mac Power Users Podcast. I'm Katie Floyd, alongside with my pal, David Sparks. Hey, David. Hey, Katie Floyd. How are you doing? I'm great. I am looking forward to another MPU Plus. You know, I think these are quickly becoming uh, my my favorite episodes of the month. I, I like that we're doing these more frequently because I have a lot on my mind. Well, we're also getting a lot of great feedback from listeners and a lot of feedback people that are enjoying these shows. So we're going to continue doing that. And, and it is fun because we spend so much time fo- uh, doing the big shows focused on one topic. It, it is nice being able to be a little more far reaching in our content. Well, like every month, it seems like there is no shortage of, of topics for us to discuss. And I think that might have a little something to do with a, a certain conference that a fruit company put on earlier this month. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we will get to all of that. But first, we've we've got some stuff going on. Uh, you're doing a, a good bit of traveling um, and have an opportunity to meet up with some MPU listeners coming up. So we want to talk about those opportunities. Yeah, I, I think I'm doing more traveling in 2018 than I've done in like the past 10 years, it seems like. So you're saying later in 2018, there will be another travel update show, perhaps. Well, uh, the only other travels, I'm going to get you to come to London and join me on July 9th, right? You're going to uh, show we'll, up. We'll, we'll look at that, maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, maybe we'll get Katie to show up. So July 9th, uh, I'm going to be in London. So I figure why not? Let's do an MPU meetup. I did one earlier this year when I was in London and it was super fun. A lot of people showed up, but it was in the middle of the day. So it was really hard for people to get out of work. So we're doing one this year on the evening. Uh, Like I said, it is July 9th, Monday at Weatherspoons in downtown London. Um, there is a, um, a post in the discourse group, which you're going to hear about in a minute. And, uh, at 6 PM, we're going to start at six and we're just going to go as long as people are around. I know some people want to show up right after they get off work and before they leave town and other people are coming in for it. So there's even some folks flying in for it. So it's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's not, there's no real big plan except for the fact that this restaurant is really cool because they've got these big stand-up tables and you can literally just walk around at your will. So the intention is for us all just to get a bunch of food and make a bunch of friends and have fun. So please come if you're going to be anywhere near London on July 9th. Uh, Rose uh, Orchard from the Facebook group is going to be there too, so that'll be fun. And I and I have stickers. I ordered new stickers. So I got my uh, MPU stickers got free agent stickers, got, I got Max Sparky stickers for the first time. If you come and you're nice to me, I'll give you stickers. So there you go. That's our reason to show up. And you're also um, going to head out to the Midwest Max stock this year, right? Yeah. I thought the thing I was doing in London was going to overlap, but now it's not. So um, I really miss Macworld. Let's just be honest. No, we all do. It was such a great time. And everybody tells me Max stock is as close as you're going to get to Macworld. And I'm not speaking, I'm not doing anything, but just showing up and hanging out with friends. And that's in Chicago, uh, the um, second week of July, over the weekend. I guess I should have had that date in front of me. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, just go to MacStock. If you're if you're going to go, please say hello. And uh, from what I'm hearing, a lot of listeners are going to be there. So we may do some kind of meetup once we get there or not. But I will have stickers there too. So wherever you go, we will have stickers or until I run out. Hey, I've got some uh, late breaking news that I wanted to have Mark drop into the podcast uh, right here. After we recorded the show, I heard from the folks at Cotton Bureau and they wanted me to get the word out that they are having a big promotion coming up June 25th through 29th. It is their fifth birthday and they are giving away a lot of stuff, including some expensive Apple products, HomePods, AirPods, up to an iMac and even potentially an iMac Pro, depending on how things go. 
They have asked Mac Power users and presumably some other Apple-related podcasts that you might be interested in uh, to put some of our merchandise back up for sale specifically for this promotion. And they are going to be giving some prizes away directly related to this. So you may remember a couple of months ago, we did a limited time sale of Mac Power users' t-shirts and hoodies. We really weren't planning to put them back up on sale again, but the folks at Cotton Bureau asked. It seemed to fit in with their birthday promotion. So for one week only, June 25th through 29th, we have going to have our Mac Power users' merchandise back up for sale over on Cotton Bureau. And you can also participate in their birthday promotion, which also enters you into a random prize to be able to win in one of their giveaways. Um, I will try to put a link in the show notes if I get it in time for the show, but head on over to cottonbureau.com. Look for the promotions. I'm sure it will be heavily featured on their website. Uh, Look for posts from us on social media and uh, good luck. And if nothing else, hey, you can get yourself a a pretty cool Mac Power Users t-shirt or hoodie out of the deal. I've got both and I really enjoy them. So now back to our regularly scheduled program. Um, the other thing I'd like to say is uh, the free agents, uh, uh, Jason Snell, who was the coast of free agents, it says he's done with free agents. He doesn't have any more to say about it. So that's, that's good, uh, for Jason, not good for me, but I still have more to say about it. So I have added a new co-host as we, uh, release this show. We're just a few days away from releasing the first episode with a new co-host. And it's a surprise co-host. Yeah, it's a surprise co-host. I'm not going to say who it is. It's somebody who has guested on Mac power users. Uh, he's a really smart guy and I think, uh, he's not who you expect. So I think that's kind of fun. And we've recorded several episodes already with the new host and he's great. The show even has slightly more productivity uh, bent than it did in the past. So, uh, if you haven't given free agents a chance in a while, I'd encourage you to do so with this new co-host. We're kind of rebooting the show in a way. So I'd really love it if you gave the show a chance and See what you think. So that's at relay.fm slash free agents. Can I say I know who the f- new co-host is? And I, I think it was a pretty good choice. Katie knows all my secrets. I, I know a lot of the secrets. Um, it's not a droid. It might be a droid. I don't know. Could be a droid. Uh, I think it's a good choice. It, I, li- I like it. I think it's a good good direction to go in. So yeah, check it out. It's a good, good time Good time to hop in for phase two, series two of free agents. How, how, do, they, how do they name these things over in... In London, series two of free agents. There you go. No, uh, you know, I, I'm going to, Jason and I had a great run together, but you know, he's, he says, look, I, I need to do other stuff now. And I'm like, that's fine. But I, well, that's a big part of the free agents thing is when, when, when to say no, when to move on, when to let it go. Yeah. We, we turned that into an episode and, uh, but the, uh, for me, I, I'm really into it. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people thinking about going to work on their own and it's a it's something that is really important to talk about so i I think it's a great show but like i said we've also kind of got a way to do the show now that i think can help everybody a little bit so so listen to it and check it out uh but the big news we've got is we have made a change with our forum yes so we've been talking about what's been like over a year now we've had this facebook group the mac power users facebook group that has had astronomical success, I think. And um, more than I've ever expected, you know, I I have, I didn't think our podcast would make it more than 10 shows, but you know, it shows you how much I underestimate things. I think we've got over 6,000 people in the MPU. That's up to 7,000. Oh, is it over 7,000? Yeah. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Over 7,000 people in the MPU Facebook. And I think we're going to do what Apple does when you have something that is incredibly successful. uh, You decide to kill it. Yeah, we're going to yank it off the market. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to, what we're going to do is we're going to do what Apple does, and we're going to replace it with something even better, right? 
that's what Apple did. They they killed their most popular thing, the iPad, the iPod Mini, and uh, they replaced it with something even better. So the, we've we've struggled with this a lot because the the Mac Power Users Facebook group has been very successful. Uh, it's it's been really a bright spot of Facebook, I must say. Of of all the things on Facebook, this has been the bright spot of Facebook. There, there's been a few few issues in there, not not many, but a few. And um, but there's also just been some some weirdness with the whole Facebook thing, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons the uh, we decided to leave. I if you're mad about it, blame me. Don't blame Katie because I'm the one. I've always been grumpy about Facebook. If you listen to the show for any length of time, but it's not just the privacy stuff. It's just a uh, like last time we did the London meetup, a really nice listener came up to me and said, "Hey, uh, I cannot find anything in the Facebook group. I keep going to try and find an answer to a question, and I can't find it." And and just participating, it seems like a lot of the same questions come up over and over again because they're just not very searchable. Um, uh, we've had lots and lots of contact from listeners uh, through all forms of communication saying that they really want to participate in a Mac Power Users group, but they refuse to be on Facebook. So then we've, we froze out a portion of our audience and it just seemed like, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't really feel comfortable every week telling you guys to go sign up for Facebook. And and I didn't feel like we were getting the best product. I, I also don't like the fact that they're um, that they're monetizing our audience, you know, you know, with I just don't really I just don't really like it. So uh, we decided to do our own thing. We put together a discourse forum. Uh, we had a pro help us form it. You know, it's a server that we control. So, you know, there's going to be no shenanigans going on and we've set up a really nice environment for people i'm really excited about it because it's it's much more searchable it's got a lot of great features attached to it like the ability to have uh, specific categories we've got a category in there for your home screen so if you want to share your home screen you can do it there but we've also got categories for things like hardware and software for each episode of Mac Power Users, there's a separate little category. So uh, you can go in there uh, to comment or if you have something to add about that show, there's a great place to do it. And um, we are really looking forward to putting this together and share it with everybody. So we'd encourage you to go check it out. The there's a place for workflows. Yeah, there is. We got a separate place for workflows. Uh, Rose had done a bunch of them in Facebook, so we pulled all those over. I've got a couple going up, and we're all going to start sharing them in that place. So that'll be fun, especially as we head into Siri, um, you know, um, the Siri automation stuff that's coming with iOS 12. And I, I think it's going to be a really fun, safe place for people that are enthusiastic about Apple stuff to hang out and trade information. So um, so we've done it. It's all set up. It's at talk.macpowerusers.com. Uh, I'd encourage you to go sign up and participate. We've got lots of stuff to share in there. And uh, I am really excited about it. I think it's a, a really nice place. I, I will tell you that I was a little skeptical. I was the skeptical one about moving off of Facebook because that's where, where all of our well, a big chunk of our audience was. And I know Facebook is easy for a lot of people because you're you're there already. But I, I, I will tell you, um, this was a deal that got worse all the time. Yeah, that's a reference, I think. Um, and uh, it, it was just a deal that kept getting worse. And it was one that we kept getting more and more uncomfortable with. And uh, Rose and Joe and David did a great job setting up the, the discourse group. And it's one that everybody can participate in. And I, I know that there are going to be people who are unhappy with the move, and I'm sorry. I know there are people who are going to be happy with the move, and I'm glad you like that. 
Um, and I know that there are going to be another group of people who are going to tell us what we should have done instead. And um, I respect your opinion and we're not. So this is what we've done. But um, <laughs> so you can you can save your tweets and you can save your emails and we'll just respectfully agree to disagree. But I, I think it's a really good thing. And, and David, I want to I want to thank you for, for pushing this forward. And I want to thank Rose and, and Joe for for all the, the work that they did. Uh, you actually sat down with uh, Rose and Joe. Uh, I wasn't able to join you because I, I had an, another engagement, but you sat down with them a little bit and chatted with them a little bit about how this was made and a little bit about some of the the, the automation that is going on behind the scenes. So uh, if we want to take a moment uh, and let you chat with them about that, and then you and I can come back and, and talk a little bit about how uh, the transition is going to happen. So I'm joined today by two of my favorite people, Joe Bulig and Rosemary Orchard. Welcome to the show, gang. Thanks, David. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, I, We've got the two of you on because you have been the A-team for the Mac Power users in the background. Uh, so about, I don't know, six months ago, actually from the very beginning, <laughs> I was never really that happy with the show's um, forum on Facebook for a variety of reasons. And I'm not going to go into all of them here. And I understand that some of the listeners really like uh, having it on Facebook because it's convenient for them. But I, I, like I said, I've just never felt comfortable about it. And I've really never felt comfortable um, urging listeners to go sign up for Facebook. We've also had at the same time, a lot of listeners writing us saying they want to participate, but they don't want to be part of Facebook, so they can't. So uh, I started looking for better options. And of course, my buddy Joe Bulig has a company called Procourse that makes, he makes his living making forums for companies. Uh, so uh, I reached out to Joe and, and Joe was really, uh, he was teasing me the whole time along, weren't you, Joe? Of course. Of course I do, because this is what I do. Yeah. So, so Joe was saying, hey, Dave, I know that you want out. Um you know, I do have a solution for you. So he made it really easy. And, and gang, Joe actually volunteered his time for the community. He just did this, this setup for us. But now we have set up a beautiful new forum on Discourse. You can find it at talk.macpowerusers.com. Yeah, I was pretty excited whenever David, you know, m made this decision because this is, I help a lot of people migrate from Facebook because, you know, Discourse is what I do for a living. And when David mentioned something about moving, it's like, oh, that would be awesome because I don't join the Facebook group primarily because it's on Facebook. And again, there's a lot of reasons for that. But I, I was very excited. I was I was happy to be a part of it, David. So it was selfish, really, wasn't it, Joe? Totally, totally. I wanted to join the Mac Power Users team. <laughs> so I, I definitely wanted to uh, d to move it off. That way I could join it. Okay, so so before I decided to do it, um, Rose Orchard has been a huge help for us in the Facebook community over the years of helping manage the community. And just she's just, you know, an amazing person. And I, I didn't want to do anything that was going to make Rose's life harder. So I, I reached out to Rose and said, Rose, what are we going to, if we move this, what's the effect on you? Well, I said the effect on me is basically nothing because, I mean, discourse is actually in some ways easier to moderate than Facebook uh, because it's got a lot of tools built in. And of course, it's got a great API, which I could grab hold of and go automation crazy on if I really want to, which I, because Matt Power uses community is so great. I'm not going to need to do that to get the panhammer out that way. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really powerful. So I'm looking forward to using it as a moderation tool. Okay, so what we did is we set up this great form. Like I said, you can find it now at talk.macpowerusers.com. You can go sign up today, and um, we really like it. I, I just love the way it came out. It's beautiful. 
It's a really nice interface. There's an app. And in fact, if you go to the talk.macpowerusers.com, we've got some great announcement posts telling you what the best apps are for using it and uh, how to use the forum. Uh, we've got specific categories we've made for uh, discussions of specific MPU episodes and hardware, software. We've got a whole section where people can share their home screens, which is going to be a lot of fun. We've also got one called Cool Workflows, where Rose brought in a bunch of the workflows she had done for listeners over at the Facebook group. And I've already added a couple, too. So we're going to um, have some cool workflows, but we want you to share yours there as well. And it's just going to be, I think, a really nice and safe community. Uh, there's some great advantages to it. I'm going to have Joe explain it further because this is all he does. But from my point of view, the thing I love about it is it's it's on a server that we control. Uh, nobody's going to be mining your data. And it's a, a much more searchable, much more really user-friendly place to keep this information. Yeah, I mean, I could I could go on days and days and days talking about, you know, the, the different aspects of discourse that are that are beneficial. Uh, the thing that I have found with it is I, I've helped people to set up discourse instances for anything from email support ticketing systems for internal companies clear up to massive groups that have public forums to discuss a certain make of car. Like It, it seems like you can configure it and set it up in, in a lot of different ways, but the beauty of something like Mac Power Users and, and setting up discourse for the MPU community is that you know, there's tons of RSS feeds, there's tons of like URL scheme type scenarios and, and search parameters that you can put in place that I have a feeling the uh, the MPU community is really going to love uh, just because it makes things so much easier to, to integrate with and work with from a, a broader user stance. And, you know, I've even had communities that I've helped build that are geared towards, uh, for lack of a better term, the gray hairs of society. And, you know, they seem to gravitate it, gravitate to it fairly well uh, as well. So, you know, it, it can go a lot of different ways and you can really set it up such that it's it's easy to learn as well. So, Again, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great fit for our, our audience. Yes, and Joe set it up with some great themes as well, including a true dark mode, which is great on the iPhone X. I love that. It's like my go-to for setting up new communities anymore. It's like I always want this awesome dark theme that comes with it. Yeah, I I couldn't help myself. That one's that one's purely a selfish ad right there. Well, I'm liking it as well. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, it's like often going to the Facebook group, you'd see the same questions getting asked. Like if you if you were there at any length of time, you would see the same questions coming up every month or so. And one of the things I didn't like about Facebook was I just didn't feel it was easy to search and find answers. With We had this rich body of information from all these smart people and nobody could really find any of the old stuff. Um, that is not true where we're going. There's a search button right at the top. And uh, I think this is going to be an excellent resource for all of our listeners. Definitely. And in fact, if you start creating a post, it actually suggests posts which might be similar to yours when you're creating it, which is really good because then, you know, you start typing in your question. Maybe you didn't find it earlier in the search or maybe it's so new still that you didn't think to search. That's okay. Don't worry about it. And then you can have a look and see, oh, right. Yes, this person's asking almost exactly what I wanted. I can jump into that thread and ask if anybody can help me out with my thing or, you know, share some of my knowledge, which is really, really nice. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a, a user friendly process, and I, I would say community friendly process. So we're really looking forward to getting this launch. I would encourage everybody to go check it out, whether or not you're on the Facebook. Please go check it out and sign up. I think you're going to find it's a really great resource. Now, if you're upset about all this, blame me. It's it really I'm the driving force behind this. If you're happy with it, you got to talk to Joe, uh, Katie, and Rosemary. The, those three are the ones that really made this all happen. So uh, we uh, we're super happy to announce this. I am really looking forward to seeing how this community develops. And uh, anything else you guys have to add? Well, we have the MPU bot, of course, which adds every single episode. So now for if you want to discuss things about the episode, of course, you can jump straight into that thread about the episode, which is posted automatically. A little bit of automation in there for us um, to every single week as soon as the episode goes live, which is great. I do know that I uh, sound like I'm I guess I'm just drunk and I talk really slow if you listen at one speed. So you don't need to tell me that for every episode. That's OK. <laughs> One one little power feature that sometimes gets overlooked, and I'll mention it here just because this is Mac Power users, so of course, is that uh, from anywhere in Discourse, just hit the question mark button. Uh, you know, Gmail users are familiar with this, but there are a ton of keyboard shortcuts uh, for Discourse that make it very easy to to navigate and find the things that you want uh, within that. So. You know, that would be one power feature I'd want to make sure we call out here just because I think that's something that people would use quite a bit. And, and what Rose was saying earlier about the RSS feeds is really great, too. So if you find one category that you really want to deep dive on or just get updates on, you can get an RSS feed. Uh, it's just a very open system. Yes, and you can even set it up so that you can watch certain categories. So it will show you notifications when you're in the forum for uh, the new posts in that category. And you can silently watch threads really easily. And of course, Discourse uses Markdown, which I know is very beloved among the MPU community, especially me. I, I love Markdown and it's really nice to have a, a bit of an upgrade from plain text. Yeah, and you can tag your posts as you write them you know, to, to specific categories. Um, I, I really actually am excited about the categories because it, it gives a foundational organization to the whole thing. So if you just want to read about hardware, we're going to have a place that you can do that. And um, uh, I, I'm excited to see how that goes. I'm sure this will develop. Let us know if you think there are certain categories that we must cover that we haven't. This is definitely a work in progress for all of us. But but go in and check it out. I'm also going to do a contest, and Katie and I are going to talk about that. So if you uh, go sign up, there's a chance you could win yourself a free Apple Park tote. Ooh. Ooh. Free stuff. Yeah, shiny. Free stuff. Those totes looked really nice when I was there. So if you win that, then the the winner is definitely going to be very, very happy. I can tell you that. Yeah, Apple, like the stuff at Apple Park, everything there was like super expensive, but it was like super high quality. I, I got myself the T-shirt. I didn't get the tote. I got an extra tote to give away, but I got the T-shirt. And I didn't even think it was cotton when I put it on. It felt like some like space fabric, but it's actually cotton if you look at the label. But it's just so finely woven. It doesn't feel like cotton. So I'm sure somebody at Apple said, okay, go find the most expensive, fancy thing you can, and we'll sell it here. And then we'll mark it up. Yeah, I love my T-shirt as well. It's really nice. All right. Well, listen, I want to once again, thanks, Joe, for taking all the time to uh, to help 
to help me get to the spot where we could make this move. And Joe spent a, a lot of his time on behalf of the community setting this up. So we've got it going. And Rosemary has been just golden as we've been setting it up and getting all the, you know, the rules in place and the announcement post done. And it, it really is looking like a really fun place to be. And we want this to be a really safe, fun place for all of our listeners. And I'd encourage you to go. Once again, the, the URL is talk.macpowerusers.com. And we can't wait to see you. You know, one of the things Rose didn't say on the interview that I, I wanted to point out was just how much easier it is for her. Uh, you know, with Facebook, everything was manual when she was doing the admin stuff. Now, uh, with all the automation available and uh, 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 discourse, we can, it, it just makes her job a lot easier, which was frankly one of the reasons we made the big move. The other thing that I didn't, I forgot to ask Joe about while we were on the interview was what's his website? Because <laughs> Joe does this for a living. If you got a company you want to set up a discourse group, I'd recommend hiring him. And it's uh, it's procourse.co. So go check it out. So how is this going to work? Because by the time this show drops, we've already made the move. And sort of people who aren't aware, how do they sign up? How do they get in? And then what happened to Facebook? Yeah. So if you go to Facebook, there's just a post there. Uh, you can still search to the extent Facebook lets you and look at the old posts in Facebook, but there'll be no more posting to the Mac Power Users Facebook group. We're just leaving it static. We don't want, if we leave it to run wild, it will literally run wild and we don't want that to happen. It's it's such a nice bit of data there. We don't want to screw it up. So that's frozen, but there's a, the last post up there from me gives you the link to go to to sign up. You don't need to go to Facebook, though. You can just go to talk.macpowerusers.com, and that gets you to the forum, and you can sign up for your account and um, and go nuts. Once you get inside, like I said, it's, it's like a traditional forum, but a little fancier, and it's got uh, pre-designated categories you can work within. They've got you know, basically anything you want to talk about related to the stuff we do. There's something in there. We've even added a, a section for the free agents because we're moving free agents off Facebook too. And, and it's not as big of a show as Mac Power Users. We decided just to give it a room at the MPU. So MPU is sheltering free agents. Wait, too you're going to bring all those free agent people into our group? Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's a remarkable overlap. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. But so you just go in and have fun is all I ask. I mean, there's some great posts in there already. Like I said, I, I, I put one in the hardware, um, uh, a category about, you know, what was your first Mac? And I can't wait to hear, uh, read those posts and, you know, whatever you've got a question, put it in there, uh, participate in any conversations, go ahead. I made mention in the interview, uh, with Joe and Rose that we're going to have a contest. And I just wanted to explain that now. Yeah, go into the uncategorized category. Uh, one of the first posts I'm going to put in there is I have some free stuff to give away. And I just wanted to celebrate opening the discourse group. So when I was at WWDC, I, I took a chance to go over to Apple Park. Maybe I should talk about that later today, Katie. You want to hear the in inside scoop on that? Yeah, we can we can talk about that later. But while I was there, uh, I found that they had some extraordinarily overpriced things you could buy to take home with you. <laughs> so, of course, I bought some of them. And one of them is I bought a cool Apple Park tote and it's a super nice quality tote you know and apple's not messing around i got one for my wife and it's it's really nice so i got an extra one for one of the listeners and it's sitting right here on my desk right now and i thought the fun way to give that away would be uh i'll put a post up in discourse and i just would like you to share a story where you did something nice for somebody using your apple technology and just go with that as you will and we'll pick one of those stories and uh, share it on the show, and I'll be sending you a tote. So uh, go at it. I know a lot of people listening to our show are pretty great people, and I bet we get some great stories out of that. 
All right. Sounds good. Well, we look forward to um, having a conversation with you in Discourse. And there are a lot of ways that you can connect through there. Um, I downloaded the Discourse app and I'm liking it on my iPad, but I also put it on my iPhone so I can catch up as well. Yeah. And you can do it through the web and everything's there. Like I said, just go to talk.macpowerusers.com. Under the uh, announcements panel, we've got posts explaining how it works and what the best apps are and all that stuff. So I think you'll you'll have a good time and and, and do give it a try. Even if you're feeling a little frustrated with me about doing this, please just give it a try and see what you think. You know, we're, we're not trying to upset anybody, but I, I just feel like it was the best move for the show to uh, to get it off Facebook, and we did it. So uh, hang in there with us. We're, we're not doing anything to be mean to anybody. We're, we're trying to serve the audience as best as we can. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you in part by FreshBooks. You can learn more and get an unrestricted 30-day free trial by heading over to freshbooks.com slash MPU. To all the freelancers out there, you know how important it is to make smart decisions for your business. And our friends at FreshBook can help you save up to 192 hours with their cloud accounting software for freelancers that's ridiculous easy to use. By simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with their paperwork. FreshBooks has a new notification center that is like your personal assistant. You'll always know what's changed in your business since you last logged in, and you know what has to be dealt with pronto. They also have a new projects feature that lets you share files and messages with your clients, contractors, employees. You can see how quickly things happen when all of your conversations live in one place. And if you're listening to this and you're not using FreshBooks yet, well, now is the time to try it. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for listeners of this show. There's no credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash MPU and enter Mac Power Users in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash MPU and enter Mac Power Users in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So get started today with FreshBooks and thanks to FreshBooks for their continued support of Mac Power Users. All right, so this is the section of MPU Plus, probably my favorite section, where we talk a little bit about what's on our minds. And I want to pick your brain about Siri shortcuts because that is, you know, I've had a love-hate relationship with Siri. And this WWDC is probably the biggest improvement to Siri or the biggest add-ons to Siri that we've seen since Siri was originally announced with the iPhone 4S. I want to know all about Siri shortcuts. I want to know how you're playing with Siri shortcuts because I know you did a crazy thing and put the beta on your primary phone. Tell me all about it. Yeah, I am. Um, well, just, you know, I'm going to talk more about the betas later. And it's funny because as soon as we finished recording the WWDC episode, the day of the keynote, I said, oh, I'm going to wait for the public beta. And nobody believed you, just to be clear. And, like literally within 48 hours, it was on almost all of my devices. That's the funny thing about the betas. If you put it on one device, then in order to work right, it needs to then go onto your iPad. And then in order to work right, it needs to go onto your Mac. The only thing that I've kept sheltered is my iMac, which is what I do all the podcasting and stuff on. But my laptop, two iPads, and my iPhone are all wearing the most current Apple betas. In fact, as we record this, they just released the second beta. So, um, Siri shortcuts. Um, so I have a long sorted history with this stuff. You know, I've been a big fan of automation. I think Mac power users really was one of the very first podcasts to really kind of get on the horse of automation and, and talk to people about making their computers do stuff for them. Uh, last year when I was, um, 
at the 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 command D conference that Sal Segoyan does, I talked I did a session about the workflow app and the the people there was really odd. There was a guy there who was asking me about who had never used the app before. And then as I was standing up to speak in the back row, I saw the 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 original developers of Workflow, who by that time were embedded at Apple. You know, they'd been acquired by Apple. So I realized as I stood up that the people in my audience ranged from the somebody who knew nothing about the app to the guy who wrote the app, which was a challenge. <laughs> But it gave me a chance afterwards to spend some time with the original workflow team and you know, talk about what I like and don't like about the app and ideas for improvement, but also to try and get some kind of a feel for what was going on. Um, as you know, at the time, none of us really knew if Apple was just going to shutter workflow or if they were going to do something amazing with it. And they did something amazing with it. it it's, I think it's one of the best acquisitions in Apple history, really. Because they, So what they did is they, they took the Workflow app in and they continued to support the app for the year and a half that the guys were working on something else. I mean, they gave them enough time to keep it current. They even added a few features, obviously not at the, the rate they were adding features before, but they were, they were allowed to keep the app current and add some features. Meanwhile, they were making something. When I talked to some of them, I didn't want to ask them what they were doing. And they, first of all, they can't tell me it's not worth them getting fired for, obviously, but they also, I, you know, I just don't want to put them in that position. And I'm never really like the news hound guy trying to find out the latest and greatest, but I did say, are you happy? You know, are you happy? And, and he gave me a very, you know, he says, I'm very happy, you know, just kind of, he said it without reserve. And I knew at that point that I'm like, these guys are not, you know, they have not been relegated to like the Safari team or something. They're doing something interesting there. They wouldn't be that happy. All members of the Safari team, we apologize on behalf of Mac Power users. <laughs> In fact, I know some of the Safari team members listen to the show because they approached me at WWC. I don't mean it that, but you know what I mean? They're, I knew they were doing something related to workflow because they just seem so happy. And I didn't want to like say that and be wrong later, but I felt like in kind of in my guts that they were doing something cool. And then as they were doing the announcement, WWDC, and we talked about this on, on the show right after the announcement, it just, it was obvious to me very quickly that this is what the workflow team had been working on. And so we've got this thing called Siri Shortcuts. Well, what is it? Um, it's it's a bunch of platforms, you know, just like everything Apple they use a, a one word in many contexts, just like iCloud means about 17 different things. Siri means a lot of things now too. And Siri shortcuts um, has a couple ways that it exists. Uh, you know, the traditional workflow model still exists. So they're going to have a shortcuts app that's going to be, for all I can tell, just the, the update. It's like workflow version 2.0. I mean, it's got a lighter theme, but if you look at a post I did at Max Sparky, I pulled screenshots from the Apple keynote. And if you look at the screenshots, they've got all the stuff that Workflow currently has, like magic variables and, you know, Lego type um, automation routines. It's just, it looks to me exactly like Workflow with kind of um, a bit of Apple's UI polish on it. So we've still got Workflow, but it's got this new name, Siri Shortcuts. But then you've got this other stuff going on where app developers, and, and the problem with Siri shortcuts, I'm sorry, the problem with workflow was always that it was really based on the URL scheme. You know, Greg Pierce, our friend over at Drafts, put this together because he wanted a way to share data and it just took off. But developers have stretched that to the very limit of its you know, ability. 
We never really had hooks into the applications before, and Apple has added that now. And I watched the sessions. I think they're publicly available if you um, if you go onto the developer.apple.com account. Or you can get them in the WWDC app. Yeah. So anyway, but so th- this is no secret that there's a couple ways you implement these shortcuts. The first way is um, there's really, uh, there's a simple method where you literally just drop a couple lines of code into your app. And it, and it depends. Yeah, I'm simplifying, but it could be as simple as a couple lines of code. And then it, it, it kind of relates to the handoff features where now Siri knows to be watching some functions in your applications to see how often you use them. Uh, an example of this may be uh, that you go into your uh, your Starbucks app and you always go to a certain page to order a certain type of latte or something like that. Now, I don't know that Starbucks is going to implement this, but they could, and, and fairly simply. Uh, and so you put all these triggers in your application where Siri can always be watching that stuff, and then it starts making suggestions for you. Uh, so if you do things repeatedly, like hire a Lyft to go to work or something like that, Siri is just going to say, hey, I see, you know, you do that. You often do that about this time of day. Would you like me to do it for you? So it's going to be automated automation, I guess, for lack of a better word. You know, you just, it just does it for you. Or actually it, it, it presents you with a an option to do it by tapping one button. And, and if you like those automations, you can also click on them and you can add your own Siri trigger phase to them. So uh, if you like, say you want to go get the Starbucks uh, coffee, you would say, you know, you could hit the microphone button, say, get my Java, and you train that. That's your that's your key phrase to run that. So it's it, you don't have to learn a magic incantation. You know, just like some of the other Siri um, abilities, you have to learn to say it exactly right. You know, like when you're adding something to OmniFocus, you have to say to OmniFocus at the end. It's nothing like that. This is really just like, this is an automation routine we see you like to do. Give us any phrase that you want to use to trigger that, and we'll do that for you. Um, that's powerful. Because it's a user-defined phrase, so you're more likely to remember it, and it's not going to feel as mechanical. It already exists in the betas, by the way. Um, Some apps support it, not all. I mean, uh, developers are still getting their arms around it. But I've trained a few phrases just to see how it works, and it it works great. And, And this is kind of like automation for people who don't have any interest in automation. I could see people... That, um, that would never download and install an app like Workflow, taking advantage of these small bits of automation. And they're largely one-step automations, you know, order the coffee, call the Uber, things like that. Um, uh, the next step, though, there's another step up where developers can go deeper with that type of automation. And there's a, um, I guess for lack of a better word, there's an API for it, but the way it's implemented uh, I downloaded it in Xcode and spent some time with it just to see, you know, what it looks like. Is actually really simple, where you can you can kind of define the types of actions you do. You can define what appears on a screen, so you can like brand the the little button that appears on a screen. It can have your app. It can even display information like, you know, like what's you know a weather app or available or surf app or something like that, where it gives you information in the window and interacts with you a bit more. And once you open up the the form in Xcode, for lack of a better, I'm sure there's a better term for it, but I don't know what it is. You press a button and Xcode just generates the the code that you drop in your app. I, I guess the point I'm making is the uh, the team at Apple has gone out of their way to make implementation of this stuff at the app level, 
pretty easy. I think they really want app developers to try and take advantage of this stuff because it's going to really, you know, elevate the platform. How hard is it going to be to implement this stuff? Do you think we're going to start to see these things from developers on day one? Do you think it's going to be something that developers are going to wait and see on? And then what was the buzz that you heard? Are, are developers already working on this at WWDC? Yeah, and people are already playing with it. I think, first of all, when, whenever this releases, most likely sometime in September, um, Apple's going to have a special section in the store. They always do for whatever new feature they have to say, hey, you want to see Siri shortcuts? Here's some apps that use them, you know. So I expect that a lot of developers are going to try and have stuff in it in day one, just so they can be part of that promotion. Uh, also, based on what I've seen, it's pretty simple. Uh, I don't want to say that. Developers are going to write me and tell me how hard it is. So I, And not, nothing in development is really easy, but, but Apple has made it relatively easy for people to add this type of stuff to their app. So I think a lot of people are going to do it. The other thing I heard from a lot of developers is this has been a pretty easy year for them. Apple didn't break a lot of stuff, so they don't have to spend a lot of time going back and rebuilding features they already had. So as a result, uh, they do have more time to spend on something like this now because, you know, the uh, the other changes that came with iOS 12 are not that drastic. So I think it's a really great year to, to put this stuff in. And, and what I've been explaining now is the third piece of all this is, you know, like I said at the beginning, we're going to have a, a Siri Shortcuts app, which is the successor to Workflow. But as I understand it, and it was told to me by some pretty smart people, uh, that stuff will coordinate with the built-in app style Siri shortcut stuff I was just talking about that you can trigger with your voice or a button press. So imagine having all the power of workflow plus the ability to integrate with app integrations that Apple is going to add throughout the system. And suddenly workflow or Siri shortcuts or whatever you call it, the stuff for automators who really want to get serious about this is going to get a lot more powerful. Um, the joke I was making walking around, um, I, I met with the guys from an Omni group and I said, I want to have uh, a command on my phone where I say, you know, get it done. And when I say that, I want the lights in my house to go out. I want my flags to appear in OmniFocus. I want Mission Impossible to start playing through my speakers. You know, I, I, I was just giving them a list of crazy stuff I wanted to have happen once. And, and everybody I was talking to says, you know, I think that's all probably possible because you can control HomeKit with this stuff. And you can control, you know, apps with this stuff and you can control your speakers with this stuff. You know, you control your audio with this stuff. It's, I mean, it, for people who want to get serious about it, you could go crazy. You could walk into Starbucks and give it a command. It could order your latte. It could open up the news app to your favorite publication and start playing your favorite playlist through your earphones uh, or your favorite podcast. Uh, so um, there's just. I don't think any of us really know entirely how deep this is all going to go, but right now it's very exciting. The thing that I'm interested in is are how realistic are we going to be able to to plug in and start using Siri for things that we've never been able to to use it before and and particularly for for developers who have not supported Siri. I'm I'm looking at you Google. If a developer just flat out doesn't want to support Siri, doesn't take the time to do this, are we as users going to be able to go in and work around them or are developers specifically going to have to enable this for us? Yeah, if, if a developer doesn't participate, then you're not going to get much. I mean, uh, I believe it's still going to support URL schemes and things like that. But for instance, I don't, I'm not going to hold my breath for someone like Google. 
But like you talking to Marco Arment, who makes Overcast, he is super interested in setting uh, verbal cues where you can go to like your favorite list of podcasts. So you can be driving down the road and and have it, you know, with your voice navigate to, you know, your favorite list or something like that. And so uh, it's going to vary on developer. But uh, to answer your question, if a developer doesn't participate, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of of, um, traction with that app. Which, which for me is going to be a selling point. You know, apps that don't support this are going to be apps I'm less likely to use. Yeah, I'm just wondering, am I finally able, going to be able to control my Nest thermostat with, with HomeKit or with Siri? Or, or is Google going to, you know, going to purposefully you stonewall me? As I understand it, it is entirely possible for an app that is not on HomeKit, like a home automation app, still to expose specific actions within their iOS app. So the Nest thermostat has a screen where you can turn the thermostat on or off. I believe it is possible under this new format for them to put a trigger in that you can use to trigger it with Siri or add it to your automation scheme, even though it's on a HomeKit device, because it's just another app that's getting a command from the user, which is what the whole purpose of this is. But that is up to, you know, whether or not the folks on the Nest team are willing to do that or not. But it looks to me like it's not going to be that difficult, which may be a good thing. I mean, I, I'm not sure Google's necessarily going to fight it if it's easy. So have you already started digging in and building your own stuff or is some of that limited because you're on the beta and you're only limited to what Apple's baked in? Yeah, we have not got it. We haven't got the Siri shortcut app yet, you know, in the beta, which I'm eagerly awaiting. But uh, the, the stuff that I can do for the automation is there. Some apps already had hooks on it with even the first beta. Um, I just installed the second beta. I haven't looked here. I'll look while we're talking to see if any new apps showed up. And the way you access that if you're on the beta is you go into the settings and then you go to Siri, the Siri tab, Siri and search, and then uh, it gives you shortcuts. So I've got right now uh, the ability to start a podcast with the Apple Podcast app to make a call. Um, That's it. In beta two, but in beta one, I had stuff showing up from Lyft and a bunch of other stuff. You know, I bet it's because I just installed the update. It probably lost the history. I mean, this stuff is is uh, comes to light by you using your phone. So, but I had stuff showing up from Lyft. I had stuff showing up from most of the Apple apps and a couple third party apps. Like I, I do a lot of hiking locally, and and one of the Trails app was giving me Siri shortcut stuff. So they must have maybe they're doing because uh. Maybe because they already had hooks in there for the uh, ability to send uh, data uh, on applications across Apple devices that, that Siri was picking it up. But uh, I think there's going to be a lot of them. I, I I agree with Katie. There may be some big companies that choose strategically not to participate, but I think most app developers are going to want to add this to their apps. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I hope they will. And I hope that this is something that continues to grow. And for people like you and like Rose who have a bunch of workflows, workflows and crazy automation things already set up, are they going to have to start from scratch again? No, as I understand it, they're going to just transfer over, but I haven't seen it live yet. But I, as I understand it, that's going to be a simple process. And the, uh, the funny thing is I was talking to one of the workflow developers and you know how we always have this problem on the show about workflow workflows. <laughs> yeah. He says, well, he says, guess what? Now you get shortcut shortcuts. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. Can we just call them <laughs> shortcut workflows? We should just pick a name and stick with it. Why don't we just let, let's just let Rose pick the name. 
and be done with it. Magic, magic. <laughs> I don't know. I, I will tell you another thing that was fun to hear is, you know, it's always great to hear how some of the folks at Apple listen to the show. I, I heard from several this year. And um, we do have a voice. You know, people, the stuff we talk about does get heard from folks that have uh, have some say in this stuff. But um, I was speaking with one of the workflow guys, and I don't know if you recall, right after I spoke at Command D, I came back on the show and said, hey, everybody, keep using it. It's a great app. And um, and I heard nice things from the workflow team that said, you know, when they get spikes in usage and workflow, it gives them more power at Apple to put more resources into this shortcuts thing. You know, Apple's watching how many people are doing this stuff. So uh, this is the platform to say it from, gang. If you're listening to Mac Power users, try this stuff and use this stuff. Because if Apple sees that we're using it, they're going to give that team even more time and resources to make it even better for us going forward. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by the Omni Group, specifically OmniFocus 3, now shipping for the iPad and iPhone. I'm hearing from lots of listeners that are loving the latest version of OmniFocus. The new version 3 for iPad and iPhone adds several powerful new features like tags and the ability to batch edit right on your iPad and iPhone. One of my favorite features about the new version are the flexible inspectors. Now you can make OmniFocus your own. So if there's a specific inspector that you use all the time, you can put it at the top. If there's one you never use, you can remove it entirely from the inspector. In a way, it allows you to design the perfect OmniFocus for the way that you work. But that's not all. They also have the new forecast view that actually shows you your tasks and calendar events in order. So you can see your due dates and your calendar events exactly in the order they should be. This makes it easier to see what's coming up in your day and know where your deadlines are. They've also dramatically improved the repeating tasks. They're easier than ever to set up, and they work with real-world examples, such as the first weekday of the month. The Pro version has even more features, like you can combine rules with logic with terms like all, any, or none. And you can even include in your forecast view a specific tag, making it easier than ever to reorder those tasks however you choose and plan your day better. The thing about the newest version of OmniFocus is it makes the application more powerful, but at the same time more accessible. The Omni Group spent a lot of time thinking about showing you just the features you need when you need to see them. It's a great app and it got way better with version 3. They've already announced version 3 is going to be heading our way for the Mac in September. There's no problem using version 3 on your iPad and iPhone and version 2 on your Mac at the same time. I do that every day, and I've been doing it through the beta. You should too. So head over to the Omni Group and check it out. That's omnigroup.com slash omnifocus. And let them know you heard about it here on the Mac Power Users. So wait, wait, I want to talk about this next part because I'm just sitting there one day minding my own business. Uh, we can skip this part if you want. We don't talk about this. It's fine. No, 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 no. We're going to talk about this. Minding my own business and Katie Floyd, of all people, sends me a text message. It was in Slack, but yes. Yeah. Well, you, you communicated with me in some means and it says, I just bought a HomePod. Actually, then you, then you wrote actually two. Well, the second one came later. It was like three days later. Well, first of all, you have no flair for the dramatic. If you were me, you would have waited and sprung this on me right now. I should have. I should have just put it in the show notes and said, I have something to talk about and then just not said what it was. But, you know, next time. But uh, you you were never really that hot on the HomePod, Katie. So tell us what happened. Not only was I not hot on the HomePod, I was like anti-HomePod. I was complete anti-HomePod. 
My HomePod just made a sad face. It's sitting right next to me. The, the the top made a sad face. Oh, and I need to be careful because if you if you say the thing, it will it will um light up. Okay, so here's what happened, and um, I I think that this was justifiable. So what what happened was the the WWDC keynotes came out with all of this. It, it, this is the Siri shortcut thing that happened, and I. You know, I'm very, I have this whole automated home. I've got all these home kit accessories. I, I start with the exception of the Nest thermostat, everything in my home is home kit enabled and, and Alexa enabled. I stopped buying things that wouldn't work with, with both. And so the only exception in my house, the only thing in my house that doesn't work with home kit is the Nest thermostat, which is why I'm very interested to see what Nest is going to do with that. And, um, I, so that's what I use most of my little devices in a can for. And the Siri shortcuts things looked interesting. Um, and I wanted to see what could be done with that. And I was kind of interested in a little bit better speakers because I'd been using these Bluetooth speakers for a while. And I'd kind of always been kind of interested in Sonos, but didn't really want to plunk down the money for a Sonos system, particularly if Apple was going to get in this space. But I'd kind of been looking at them but I, you know, I just, I wasn't sure that I wanted to go in on Sonos, especially when Apple was going to be a competitor. And so the Siri shortcuts thing just kind of tipped me over the head. And um, so I've been looking at this for a while. And then, um, you know, eBay from time to time will do these, these coupons. So eBay had one of their 20% off coupon days. I think it was like a Father's Day type promotion. So I went on eBay and I found Best Buy was selling refurbished HomePods and I could tag on a 20% coupon. So I got this HomePod like almost a hundred bucks or more off. It was, it was a really good deal on a HomePod. So I bought a black HomePod. I, I, I agonized for a little while over the color, black or white. And I, I bought the black HomePod and I set it up and I put it in my living room and I plugged it in and I did all of those things. And I figured that if I bought the HomePod, really, this was also going to cost me an additional $25 a year because to play my music on the HomePod, I really needed to have my app, my music at Apple Music. So while it was being shipped, I I, I picked up an um, not an Apple Music subscription, an iTunes Match subscription, which is 25 bucks a year. So I matched all my music, put all my music back up into iTunes Match, which didn't take very long. So I think Apple already had most of it up there. And um, it was good. I will tell you... Um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, what I liked and what I didn't like, I um, the Apple Music subscription, or, or sorry, the uh, the sound quality on the HomePod uh, is awesome. It was really really good. I've never had pretty good speakers. I'm, I'm not an audiophile, so but I was I was very impressed by the little the sound that would fill my family room that came out of this this one HomePod. Yeah, one home pod can fill a room, I think. Yeah, and I will tell you the that was good, but I'm I'm not a huge music person, but when I wanted to listen to music, that was good. What impressed me more than anything with the home pod is I could I could walk into my house like through my I usually walk in through my garage door, through my uh through my laundry room. So I'm I'm a room away. I'm I'm probably 30 feet away from this thing in a different room. And I can just, in my normal voice, say, ahoy telephone, uh, turn on the kitchen lights, and she'll hear me. And it works almost all the time. I can have music playing and say, ahoy telephone, do this, and she'll hear me. I can be another room over and in a normal voice, just like I'm talking to you right now, say, ahoy telephone, do something, and she'll hear me. 
And that is what blew me away. Because although Amazon Alexa was pretty good about recognizing your voice with all of its, you know, um, microphones and all, I, I noticed that I would have to, you know, turn down the music or pause what I was doing or make a conscious effort to kind of, you know, turn towards the 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 lady in a can and kind of throw my voice at it. And it would work most of the time, but I but I would always have to speak up or or make a conscious effort to talk to the Amazon Echo. Whereas with the HomePod, no matter what direction I'm facing, as long as I'm generally in the same vicinity as it, I can just talk in a normal voice and it and it picks me up. Yeah, I always felt I feel like with the echo, you have to talk to it as if it's a person, really. You have to face it and speak loud enough to get over the music and the home pod is a robot in that sense. So you don't have to do those things. And that is just what hands down blew me away. And I'll tell you that the black was nice, it was fine. But I thought about it more and I was like, you know, this would look better if it was white. So I bought a white one. So you, you kept the black one, so you got a pair now. Yes. So I, but but a black and white pair doesn't doesn't look good. So what are you doing? I took the black one and I put the black one um, upstairs in my office, and I relocate because it's fine. I have black bookshelves in my office, and I took the white one when it came, and I put the white one downstairs in the family room where it's more like a little piece of art. So that looks good. Um, I will tell you, it is really a half baked smart speaker. All of the bad things about the HomePod are still bad. Um, I will tell you, random things happen from time to time. I have never been able to get the news briefing to work. So when you say, Ahoy Telephone, tell me the news, it it will give me its little um, monologue about, oh, here's the, the news briefing from NPR. If you want to change this, you can change it to Fox News or CNN or any of these other things. And then it never plays me the news, no matter what. It never plays me the news. It works for me every morning, but it gives me that stupid uh explanation of how i can change the news source every time i i think it should do that once and then never again i, I that makes me nuts i i can never get to play the news i even downloaded because i previously deleted the apple podcast app off my phone and i thought well maybe it's not doing this because i don't have the apple podcast app installed so i reinstalled the apple podcast app and you know no it doesn't work um i don't know if you have any ideas um at me on twitter and, and let me know what you think i could do for that maybe I'll, I'll post this in the discourse group and see if people have any ideas um occasionally it won't play music that i know i have in um apple and itunes match so i'll say ahoy telephone uh play uh, superman by five for fighting and it will say here's superman by five for fighting and nothing will happen and it will play it on one home pod but not on the other and i'm like mm. Okay, whatever. It does that sometimes. And I know it. I, I, I picked that song because I know it almost, it, it's very hit or miss with that particular song for whatever reason. It, it won't play that. Um, and, and then it's got, you know, limited features. It doesn't work with an S thermostat. It's, I'm, I'm hoping Siri shortcuts will fit a lot of that. But, but really, I, I tell you, Siri is really annoying. Um, she always has to comment on everything. She has to comment on everything. You know, she's got to tell me every time I try to play the news that she won't play that I can change the news source. Or if I tell her to turn on the kitchen line, she's like, okay, kitchen lights are on. Thanks. Hope you have a great day. You know, I mean, not really that bad, but you know, there's always got to be a comment about something. It's just like, just do what I tell you to and stop talking about it. Thanks. I really think we're getting to the point with these robot speakers that we don't need them to have a lot of personality. Honestly, I, I want it to be my servant. You know, I, 
I, I don't want it to talk to me and I don't want you to be my friend. I just want you to do the stuff I ask you to do really quickly. I, I will tell you at one point she was not doing what I was asking her to do. And I got a little frustrated and she told me to watch my language. <laughs> okay. Well, see, and I, I was like, what? And that did not help either. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what the, uh, I'm sure Apple's done research on this and maybe for the vast majority of the audience that the people prefer to have more personality, but I'm kind of uh, sticking them up that way. I, I do wish it would just do the thing without without talking to me about it or making jokes about it. And uh, it, it's not it doesn't bother me that much, but it, it would be more efficient if it just did that. I, I don't I don't think it's a person in a can. I know that when there's a joke, it's just a clever bit of programming. So at no point am I under the illusion that I'm talking to a person. So I don't need it to act like it's a person. It's just like when Google did that thing where they were making the hair appointment and the Google robot was saying, um, and making like human sounds for no other reason, but to fool a person. That's kind of what, I mean, Siri does and not as, um, not as diabolically, but it, it, you know, it, by telling you jokes and trying to be personality, it, it is really acting like a human and I don't need that, but maybe some people still do. I don't know. Um, the, what really the, the things that really sold me though, I, it, with having the HomePod in my house for a day and a half, convinced me to buy the second one. And the big things that sold me were it's a great sounding speaker, uh, the the ability to be able to speak in a normal voice without raising my voice from just about anywhere in the general vicinity and have it activate and activate very quickly was was great. Um, and and I tell you. There, there was a privacy consideration. I, I, I'm not normally one of these people who's freaked out about privacy and all of those things, but I will not be. I still have an Amazon Echo dot spot spot with the one with the camera in my bedroom, and I'm not that freaked out about it. Um, and the Amazon Echo spot will probably stay in my bedroom for a while because I use it as my as my bedside clock. But you know, getting um, products that that are uh, recording my voice and keeping that data somewhere else out of my house probably is not necessarily a bad thing. I, I definitely like the the stance that Apple has taken on this. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm good. They're they're definitely very expensive. They're a lot more expensive than the Amazon Echo. If you're you're happy with that, stick with it. But um, I'm I, I think if if Siri doesn't improve and all of my complaints with the HomePod can be fixed through software. And I think if it doesn't improve, I will, uh, if I, if I hadn't saved almost a hundred bucks on both of these, I probably would not have bought them, but, um, we'll see. Hopefully I won't end up being disappointed. Hopefully Apple will continue to improve them. I, I'm actually happy with mine. It's great. I use it in my home office and it fills the room with sound. I like music. I think a real tipping point for this, this device is if you're an Apple music subscriber, which you're not Katie. But if you are, it's really great just to be able to call out and play basically any music. Um, both of my sisters, who are definitely not nerds, when they saw me using it, they immediately wanted one because they're both Apple Music subscribers. And I don't know how I feel about that because I'm enabling my sister to listen to more Barry Manilow than I really would am comfortable with. But, you know, but uh, I guess I'll just have to deal with that. But she loves it, you know, and um, you put a speaker in your house, you plug it in, you just tell it to play some music something you haven't heard for 30 years and it just starts playing. That's kind of great. 
the uh, they did they did get the calendar feature that that was my biggest gripe yeah and, and i guess in terms of the siri functions it does the basics like i i every day it tells me the weather it reads me the news um it tells me what's on my calendar so the basics i'm getting out of it just fine i think where it, it lags is there's so many skills on the amazon product and the google product too where it can do all these great things where you know you can connect it to apps and services that's really the point of Siri shortcuts in a lot of ways I didn't mention earlier, but you can trigger those with the HomePod. So Apple's take on it is a little different. It's more user-defined, um, and I'm really curious to see how it all plays out. But I think you're going to get a lot more out of your HomePod in a couple months. Well, that's really why I bought it, because I've, I've started adding now a lot more scenes to the HomeKit app. So I've recreated a lot of my um, Amazon Alexa, oh, I don't know what they were called, uh, uh, shortcuts in, in as scenes. And I think a lot of the Siri shortcuts will will replace a lot of the stuff that I did. So I'm looking forward to that. The real magic on this is is when you can chain them together. And that's what I, I really want to see. Cause, and I cannot wait to hear about how our listeners do that, too, because I think there's going to be some real cool automation stuff happening before the end of this year. Um, so, David, there, there is one, one more thing. Uh-oh. What? Um, they're kind of like tribbles, these HomePods. Oh no! What? And the, what? When when they get together, they multiply. <laughs> the mommy HomePod and the daddy HomePod love each other very much. <laughs> Tell me, Katie, what happened? There's another one. <laughs> That's great. So you have three now. But they're done. They're done now. They're done. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. You better sure. keep them apart. They're done now. Things are like rabbits. Yeah. There's. The, so let so me guess. You white, put a you put a second one downstairs. We so made one, a stereo pair. The white one was so pretty. Well, I haven't decided yet. Um, I don't think I need a stereo pair, but so there's another white one. It's not here yet. It'll it'll be here on Thursday. It'll be here by the time this show posts. Um, and it's either gonna go in the kitchen because, or or it's it's probably gonna go in my bedroom. It's got it home. I don't think I need another one, but yeah. So so you you held that back. You you did gaslight me. There That's you go. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. But I think I'm done now. I think they're still. I think they're still on sale at Best Buy as a refurb. If you want them like a hundred bucks off, you might want to check that out. If they are, I'll put a link in the show notes. But uh, no guarantee they'll still be on sale. Uh, you can pick them up as a refurb on eBay, pretty pretty regularly. So I so I have the Sonos throughout most of my house, and I still love it. Um, it it's a little bit annoying that I have to go into the app to kick off music, but it's so great with the TV, and it's all wired in. I I really don't have any. Um, HomePod Envy with my home stereo system. It, it's great. The Sonos, I, I have no desire to replace it at any time. But, you know, maybe if Apple goes crazy with this stuff, I will need another one or two. But but for now, I'm just happy having the one in my life. So I'm good for now. But yeah, after I bought the third one, I kind of regretted it because but not enough to cancel it um, because I think Apple is going to come out with more of these. I think there's going to be a HomePod mini and I think there's probably going to be a, a, a sound bar at some point that integrates with the Apple TV, but we'll see. I hope so. I, I think the Siri automation stuff is going to be real key and that's good news because when the post I wrote at Max Sparky about all this stuff, it honestly feels to me like we injected like our own secret agent into Apple who's like super pa The guys at Workflow are passionate about the exact same stuff that the Mac Power users listeners are. It's like they're some of us. We got some of our people in there and they're like, you know, we got we got a man on the inside like Hercules Mulligan. We we got stuff going on now. So uh and now the more critical it becomes to the Apple ecosystem, 
the better this gets. I feel like Mac Power users are going to have a lot of fun with this stuff. I, it's, I'm, I'm very positive about this stuff. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be disappointed and sad, but right now I don't see any reason not to look on the bright side of this because it's, it's some real good moves. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you in part by Gazelle, the trusted online marketplace for buying and selling used electronics. You can learn more over at gazelle.com. Do you have a used MacBook or smartphone that's starting to collect dust in your drawers? You can trade it in over at gazelle.com, where they offer you the best value for your device. It is fast, easy, and free to get a custom quote for your gadgets. And while you're there, check out Gazelle's huge inventory of iPhones, iPads, MacBooks, and more. Their devices are certified, pre-owned, and affordable, perfect for you and your loved ones. When you trade in over at Gazelle, all of your online quotes are free. You simply find your gadget, answer a few easy questions, and get an instant price quote. And their payments are fast. You can get a check in the mail, an Amazon gift card in your inbox, or choose to get a payment direct deposit into your PayPal account. If you want to buy a device off of Gazelle, you'll find their devices are available in good, fair, and excellent conditions. Good conditions show some gentle sign of wear and tear, but they offer consumers great prices on still great devices. Their devices have been put through a rigorous 30-point inspection process, ensuring that they are in perfect working order. And devices are available for support with all of the major carriers, including AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and Sprint. I've bought devices for my family off of Gazelle when we haven't wanted to renew a contract or haven't wanted to buy a device from a carrier, and we've gotten some great phones at some great deals. And I've traded in my phones over at Gazelle when I just was done with them and didn't have anything else to do with them. It has got to be the easiest and simplest way to get rid of a device and get paid fast. So give new life to your old devices. Trade in for cash or buy certified pre-owned. Visit gazelle.com. That's G-A-Z-E-L-L-E.com today. And don't forget to let them know that you heard about them on Mac Power Users. So Katie, I was, uh, like I said earlier, I just went, went ahead and put all the betas on. Just went all the way in. And how's that going? Oh, I did my watch too. I forgot to mention that. I did my watch too. The one that they, they pulled no less. No, no, no. It was after they pulled it. I, 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 I was in uh, San Jose. Rose, Rose was there and she said that uh, she was literally installing the watch beta when Apple announced, oh, we're pulling this beta because it's, it's bricking some people's watches. And she literally dove for her watch to yank it off the cord. But the, uh, I didn't do that. I waited until I got back from San Jose to do the watch. But the, the, the scary thing about putting the beta on your watch is if something goes wrong, you literally have to send your watch to Apple. It, it, it just doesn't work. You can't like wind it back. But anyway, I did that, and um, I've been running them. This, uh, you know, the usual, uh, the usual um, warnings apply. You should never install betas unless you're a software developer. I write about this stuff. I talk about this stuff. I think there's value in the audience, and I can't help myself anyway. Uh, all that being said, I've had a very easy go at it. Um, a friend of mine had trouble with the Skype app, but I have not had any issues at all. Wait, are you running this on your podcast machine too? No, that's like I said, my iMac is the only one that the iMac is the only app that I only computer that is still running the old version. But the, uh, but the friend of mine has trouble with it on the Skype app for iOS, not on, on the Mac. A couple of my scripts on the, um, on the Mojave for my laptop broke, but I, I think I can fix them. I just need to get in and figure it out. But overall, it's it's been fairly painless for me. That being said, I don't think it's worth it. Um, there's just not enough there now to justify putting yourself through all that. 
and anytime you do put betas on, at some point you're going to lose three hours. I'm guaranteed to lose three hours at some point. My phone is going to get wiped out and I'm going to have to reset my folders or something dumb like that is going to happen between now and September, I can guarantee you. I'm probably more likely to lose six hours at some point, but I think I'm guaranteed three. So be warned. But we and we still don't have the uh, Siri, um, the Siri automation app. So I, you know, I that's what I really want to get into. But it, overall, it hasn't been bad. I, I've been I think it's been a pretty good year for betas. The the general consensus around people in San Jose was they just didn't really change that much. This seems like more of a polishing year, and like the Siri shortcut stuff is is code enabled by developers it's not underlying operating system like they didn't rewrite the core operating system they just added some additional features to it so uh, the core stuff didn't change so therefore it's not likely to break and um it's been a pretty good year so when the public betas come out particularly if you have an extra ipad or an extra phone uh and you want you're curious about it i would tell you to go for it uh, but uh, like i said particularly if it's on an extra device now, now Katie's going to tell you. Yeah, that. but but the thing people really want is an emoji, which I think is just ridiculous. We've already been through. And by the way, I've I've gotten oh, I love an emoji. I've gotten a lot of tweets and emails from people saying that they are Team Katie Floyd on this one. But um, no, no, mo- most of the audience is probably Team Katie Floyd. But you've also received several anim- uh, emoji from me. I've been sending them to you. Do you like them? Uh, I haven't seen them because I've blocked you. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. We, we've been having a good time. About it. Jason Snell was talking about in San Jose how when they, his kids were younger, they had the um, Nintendo Wii and they had the same kind of the same thing where you could make um, little avatars of yourself and your family. And he was talking about how his kids, to his kids, that was like a game. And that was exactly the same in my house. My kids made those me avatars of everybody, all the neighbors, all their friends, distant relatives. Every time you turn on the me, there was like a hundred little me's running around. And uh, I gave my, my beta phone to my daughter the other night, my 21 year old daughter and her friend. And they spent, a good hour making their memojis and memojis of their parents and their friends. And so nothing changes really. And it's kind of fun. I, I've been having a good time with it. And, uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that have no, no stomach for it, but I'm going to continue to use it and make Katie crazy. All right. What about um, some of the, uh, the other features like the screen time features? Are you, are you finding any surprises there? I'm, I'm interested to know how much time we're spending on our phones. <laughs> It is like, uh, it's like, do you remember the ice bucket challenge a couple of years ago? This is a daily ice bucket challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I picked up my phone 62 times during the day. I'm like, how did that even happen? I don't, I don't normally pick up my phone that much, I don't think. I'm like, there must be something wrong. It must be triggering while it's in my pocket. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll open it right now and see what it, it says. <laughs> well, how many times, do, doesn't it also tell you how many times you unlocked your phone? Yeah, I, let's see here. <laughs> Oh, this is, this is, I can't believe I'm going to do this on air. Screen time. Okay. Granted, I just updated it, so I may not have good data yet, but I was at, I was at, um, oh, and it syncs between devices, which makes it even worse. Oh boy. So you might have a problem if. Yeah. So today I have been on my iOS devices, two hours and 45 minutes. Granted, most of it was. Uh, in product, it, it ranks the uh, stuff you're doing. You know, like I spent 35 minutes in OmniFocus this morning. I got behind on some of my tasks. 
Uh, it tells you the apps you use the most often. Uh, I picked up my phone today six times per hour. How does that happen? Uh, that's not bad, probably. It's once every 10 minutes. That's It tells me that, too, once every 10 minutes. I've had zero notifications today. How's that? That's pretty good. That tells you how I'm how I am with notifications. But it also gives you data for the last seven days. Um, over the last seven days, I'm getting um, 78 pickups per day. Uh, this is just this is just crazy. I don't know if I should. I, I don't know how. Um, I know it's, it's I think it's going to be a lot of fun for people to see that stuff and maybe make them think twice. Well, and you can you can try to challenge yourself like, OK, well, I'm going to try to challenge myself to not pick up my phone more than 50 times a day. Yeah, but it's kind of um, odd because this is syncing data between devices. And like, think about if I do a contract review, I'm picking up my iPad probably 10 times, you know, moving around and sitting and, you know, doing whatever. And I mean, a lot of that stuff for me is work because I do a lot of work on iOS. So, but, but that's one of the nice things I was, uh, I was at, um, I was at Disneyland with my pal, Leanna Lahua, who comes on the show once in a while, and we were comparing our stats. And I was very proud that I had, like, I, I was using my phone for something like 60% productivity apps. And um, you know, so it, it gives you ratings and things like that. I think it's going to be helpful if you have children to kind of get a, a better gauge at how much time they're spending with their screens. Um, but I, I really think, and it does have ways you can put brakes on yourself and and limit times in an application. And if you really have a problem, I guess you should do that. But to me, I think for most people, just seeing that data is going to give you something to think about and may, maybe cause some change behaviors. And then tell us about your trip to Apple Park. Okay, everybody needs to go to Apple Park if you're ever up in Cupertino. I, you know, I went to the old Infinite Loop campus several times. And over the years, I go up when I release books, I meet with some of the Apple team too. But as a tourist, I went there and it was always underwhelming. You know, it's just kind of a, an office building really. And the little Apple store they had there was kind of an afterthought. And and honestly, I'm not sure they even really wanted us there. You know, he used to stand outside and take a sign with the one infinite loop sign and security would like shoo you away if you stayed very long at all. Um, Whereas with Apple Park, uh, first of all, you are definitely not welcome at Apple Park. <laughs> it's uh, in the big spaceship loop. There, normal people aren't even getting there. I, I had meetings with people that work there, and I didn't even meet them in there. I had to meet them in other buildings. But they have a really nice visitor center across the street, and it's really gorgeous. It's like a super fancy Apple store with some extra things in it. Um, they've got a big table there with a model of the loop, and then they've got a bunch of iPads with ha which have augmented reality hooks on them. So you can hold up the iPad and look at it. You can like lift the roof off and look inside. Um, it's kind of a nice little AR experience right there, which is kind of fun. They've got a big Apple store that has most of the products, plus um, some of the merch that I talked about earlier in the show, like the the tote bag we're giving away. They also have caps and T-shirts. Um, and then they've got a little cafe there, too. So you can get a cup of tea or some chocolate or some you know snacks and sit there if you want. And I am... Um, it's really great. I, while I was there, um, a developer came and introduced himself to me, someone um, that we had talked about once on the show. And it just it's just a real nice kind of environment. And uh, it's a really well-done building. They have, like, all the little details are handled. You know how, like, they have the carved railings into the stone. They've got them in this building. You go downstairs, and um, 
it sounds goofy. Uh, Mike Hurley and I went down and used the men's room and we walk out and there's this, this amazing hallway of all this like slate stone. It, it looks like something out of a pyramid, you know, but they put it at the bottom of the visitor center at the Apple store to the bathroom. Um, so they just, they sweat every little detail. Um, even like the types of cups they use in the cafe and the way the glass curves around, you can tell that they just said, you know, money is no object. Let's make this beautiful. And then the best part is you can go up on the roof of it and there's all these little benches up there you can sit on. You've got a nice view of Apple Park and on a nice day you can sit out there. So I uh, I spent uh, some time there, had a really great time. If you like Apple and Apple things and you're ever in the neighborhood in, in Silicon Valley, I would recommend going and visiting Apple Park. One of these years we'll have to get you out for WWDC, Katie, and you and I can go hang out there. Yeah, I've been to Apple's Cooper. Uh, well, they're both in Cupertino. I've been to the One Infinite Loop campus. Uh, I have not been to been to the Apple Apple Park campus, but um, this is much nicer. It's just much nicer, right? But I heard the gift shop in Cupertino, uh, or sorry, at One Infinite Loop, had more selection in terms of the swag. Yeah, they didn't have a lot. They, like I said, they had they had hats, and they had totes and shirts. I sent you with some some specific requests, and they did not have it. I wanted a water bottle, and I wanted a coffee tumbler, and and I. I didn't get either of them. I'm very disappointed. I, I did get you a tote. In fact, I, I'll I be shipping that. that off to you. Thank you. And, and they, they also had baby onesies if you're, you're down for that. But there really wasn't much. But but they're very nice. Like the everything is very high quality, of course. And but it's really almost an afterthought. But it was kind of funny watching uh, there be t- busloads of tourists just come in and just empty out that section with all the the swag stuff and then there was a there was an apple employee there just constantly reloading it so it was kind of fun watching that go down for a little while cool all right sounds like a sounds like a fun meetup glad, glad you guys got to go out there and do it. did you ride your scooters out there or no uh you know i didn't do any the scooters was a big thing everybody in san jose was, was riding the scooters i have an electric bike man i don't need a scooter i'm from california this is not new to me so didn't really care um I, I look at it as a uh, as a means of transportation. If I needed to go somewhere that was not quite an Uber ride and and longer than I wanted to walk, I would have got a scooter, but I never did. So I, I didn't need one to play on. Well, we've got a, a couple of um, listener questions that we we wanted to to try to chat a little bit about. Do you want to try to cover a few of those? Yeah, totally. Uh, first question is we had is from uh, GW who wanted to know what is messages in the cloud? He says, it's another Apple feature that's thrown out there without fully explaining it. What is up with that? Uh, Have you turned it on yet? Yes, I turned it on. So uh, traditionally, Apple had the um, synchronization service with the messages between the various devices where they tried to keep in track of each other to know what you've already read and what you haven't. But it's been historically kind of bad. You know, Um, it, it just, didn't really um, always work. It sometimes got messages out of order. And basically your your devices all had to be on. They all had to be connected to the network. They all had to, and, and if anything lost connectivity, uh, you, you didn't have your messages in sync or they got synced out of order. And they could work well if you were always connected all the time, but if they weren't always connected all the time, then they would be out of order. And then sometimes they just didn't work. But anyway... So Apple's solution, oh, and then then there was the constant problem, and people didn't realize this, and I know a lot of people got very, very mad, is that if you had um, to have your phone serviced, and you you sent it in, and you got a replacement phone, or you got a new phone, 
your messages were gone because your messages were stored on your device. And um, that was it. I think a way, a way to look at it is like the traditional computer model before the cloud was the truth was on the device. You know, the truth was on your Mac and then it pushed down to your iPod or whatever. And, and for the longest time with messages, Apple let the truth live on your devices. And then they would talk to each other to try and keep everything in track. But there was no like cloud-based data source they could all pull from. And I think the, the, one of the main reasons for that was security. Apple just didn't want to hold a list of all your text messages. And then Steve Jobs came out and famously said one day, well, now the truth is in the cloud, which means Apple is using the cloud as the the center, the the, the center now of our digital life. That's going to be most of everything now syncs up to the cloud. And they announced this at WWDC last year, 2017. And I saw Craig Federighi, I believe it was at the talk show event where he had said, look, the reason it took us so long to do this is we had to find a way that we could actually encrypt all this stuff so we can't see it. You know, they, they don't really want to get a subpoena that says, give me all of Katie Floyd's text messages. So they have figured a way that they can store it for you without them being able to access it. They've got an adequate encryption now, so they can't see it. And now they've got that. So now your device can go tap into that encrypted database and pull down the messages. So if you drop your phone into the garbage disposal, get a new one, you'll still be able to restore your messages. And in theory, um, the synchronization of your messages should be much more stable, which it has been for me since this went into effect. Yeah, there there are a couple of things that you should know about this. First is it's available in um, iOS 11.4. It finally became available. Um, second, it uses end encryption, just like iCloud, iCloud Keychain. So while your messages are uh, stored in iCloud and synced to your devices, uh, you can't re retrieve it from iCloud.com. So Apple encrypts the data so that it can't even decrypt it. Um, SMS and MMS messages, so not iMessages, uh, that you receive in messages in any platform are also synced and secured the same way. Um, but text messages aren't secured on your cellular network. So keep in mind that if you're getting something through text message services, those still live with your, your cell provider. Um, and you should also be aware that you have to turn this feature on. It's not turned on automatically. And I think the reason that Apple does this is, you know, possibly because it's maybe, you know, there's been a lot of issues with this. Maybe they don't want everybody on it by default, but also because it uses a lot of storage space. A lot of us have a lot of stuff in messages, whether it's it's photos or, or other things. Um, so be careful about that. Um, the um, when, when you upload, it can take a long time for these things to upload and um, it can use a lot of your iCloud storage space. And most most people only have five gigabytes of uh, iCloud storage by default. And you could find yourself all of a sudden either needing to delete some of your messages or delete some of the content from your messages or end up having to buy more iCloud photos uh, storage space because you've got so much stuff stored in messages. Um, the way that you should turn it on, we should mention, is you go into settings, iCloud, and now there's a little um, switch to turn on iCloud messages. You need to do this from all of your devices. So I suggest you do it one device at a time. Turn on one device. Let everything upload. For me, it didn't take that long because I don't keep that much in messages. Then go to your next device. Let turn it on. Let it sync everything. Then go to your next device. Um, I will tell you, although I don't keep much in messages, I've noticed since I've turned iCloud or messages in the cloud on, I'm finding that the amount of storage space that I'm using in iCloud is going up and up and up. 
not drastically because I don't keep a lot of stuff in messages, but it, it also syncs all of your additions and deletions. So if you're not being diligent about deleting stuff out of your messages, um, you can find that you're very quickly getting a lot of stuff stored up there. Yeah, I think I said at the uh, after the WWDC show when we recorded that I was I was kind of disappointed that Apple still hasn't really expanded the amount of free storage. Um, you know, at the education event they announced I think it was two hundred gigabytes for all students, where it's only five for people that are paying a thousand dollars for a phone. Yeah, don't hold uh, your breath on that. Um, well, I don't know. I mean. I would like to think that maybe maybe they're going to do that in September. I mean, that seems like more of a consumer-facing feature than something necessarily for the developer conference. So I'm holding out a little hope that they're going to raise that limit um, when we get to September. But, you know, I, I am disappointed, honestly. I think that's, to me, that's the biggest mistake Apple is making right now. I You know, there's just so many people that are going to lose pictures and data because they don't want to spend money on storage. And maybe they're maybe they're right. I don't know. I mean, when you spend that much money on device, why wouldn't it just store all your photos? And, um, so I, I, and I was talking to people up in San Jose and some were saying, well, maybe the problem is they just don't have enough, um, server farms that if suddenly they, you know, drastically increase the amount of storage every person used, that they would just bring everything to a grinding halt. But I, I don't really think that's the case. I feel like they probably have it figured out. And, just because they give you more storage doesn't mean everybody's going to use it all. So um, I guess we'll see. But that is a, a point of pain for me with Apple right now. Well, I think if they turned on messages in the cloud by default, I think this is one of the reasons why they haven't. Um, it would start to be a pain point because I think a lot of people would start running out of space pretty darn fast. No, no it, it is already a pain point. Well, I think I, I agree. But yeah, I think it would be pretty quickly. So. Just go to any Apple store and see how many people lose photos because they just don't have enough storage for their photos. I mean, it's sad. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password, the password manager that everybody should have. This month, I went up to San Jose to attend WWDC, and of course, I ran into the 1Password gang up there. Every year, they're at the Worldwide Developer Conference, and every year, they're one of my favorite companies because they are immediately adding features to their application as soon as Apple announces them. This year's no different. Probably before Tim Cook left the building, the 1Password guys were already cracking into Xcode and adding features for iOS 12 and macOS Mojave. Apple added a new password autofill API to the operating system, so now it'll be even easier than ever to autofill your 1Password uh, passwords on your iPhone and iPad. Any application, and that's not necessarily a web browser, it could be any application that opts into the new password autofill functions Apple has added, will be able to plug directly into your 1Password database. So it's going to be so easy to fill in your passwords with 1Password once iOS 12 ships. The day after the keynote, I met some of the 1Password guys for coffee, and guess what? While still in San Jose, they already had a working copy of 1Password with dark mode. So that dark mode you're going to love in macOS Mojave, you're going to get that right on your Mac with 1Password as soon as it ships. Apple's dedication to privacy and security continues. They have this new system integration where they notarize applications. 1Password has already announced they're fully on board with that. So they're going to make sure the version of 1Password you get on your Mac is the exact same version that they intend to ship. 
I've been going to these conferences for years and it's always the same. One password is always bringing in the latest and greatest features as soon as possible. I have no doubt it's going to be awesome when it ships, when they release Mojave and iOS 12. But you don't even have to wait for that. You can go sign up for 1Password right now and protect yourself. 1Password is the best way to safely and securely store and create passwords for your Mac and your iOS devices. It works great. Katie and I have both been using it for years and we love it. Head over to onepassword.com slash MPU in all caps and you can get 20% off. Thank you, 1Password, for all of your support of the Mac Power users. Okay, Renee wrote in. Uh, he says, I've got my hands on an Apple Watch and wanted to learn a bit more about it. And of course, went to your archive to find the latest show. And it seems the last show about the Apple Watch was show 258. Whoops, Katie, how did we miss that? <laughs> we should probably do an updated show on the Apple Watch. We might want to wait until iOS 5 comes out, though, before we do that. Yeah, I think we will. We will. Or watch I, iOS 5, yeah. I, I wear mine every day and use the heck out of it. I think there's a, definitely another show in it. And... um it has changed over the years, but it's it is a handy device. So so thanks, Renee. We're gonna you have planted the seed. We're gonna talk about Apple Watch coming up. And if you guys have something about Apple Watch you want us to talk about, you could probably go into that discourse forum and we would see that. Yes. Um, I will tell you, I wear mine every day. I love it. I've gotten more and more into the bands and I'm really excited about um I, I use the Siri watch face and I'm really excited about a lot of the Siri um uh, updates that are coming to the Apple Watch for the Siri watch face and with third part, whether going with a third party developer access to that. So, yeah, stay tuned. I think there's going to be a, a an update um, MPU on on the new Apple Watch. I was hoping that we would hear that they're going to put support in for sleep tracking, but they didn't. Um, but, you know, that could happen in September if they have a new Apple Watch. Maybe they got one with the super big battery and they're going to put sleep tracking in that. I don't know. And the... Um, uh, one thing about that Siri watch face in the betas, Katie, uh, you can change the color of the um, the background of the text. You know, kind of it's that Siri multicolor background right now. You can make it just flat gray behind that with the iOS with the Watch OS five. That's one change, which is kind of nice. Makes it easier to read. Okay, uh, Enoch wrote in. Um, Great name, by the way. Uh, iPad accessories, essentials versus nice to have. What iPad accessories would you recommend? What are the essentials versus nice to haves? I've pretty much been convinced I need slash want to buy an iPad. I'll stick with the 128 gigabyte iPad of 2018. So he's not getting a pro. So what does he need? Okay. Um, I think I think you were just... You're, you're going to buy an iPad. Great. I think the the first thing you need is you have to have some kind of case for your iPad. And David and I disagree. He he has a caseless back on his iPad. I think it's important to protect both the front and the back of your iPad because I've seen your iPad and you've got some dents and scratches on the back and that would bother me. Yeah, it looks like my big iPad stopped a bullet for me and I have no idea when that happened. <laughs> it's, there's like a divot in the back of it. So I'd like to think that Somebody actually did take a shot at me, iPad protected me, and just said, you don't need to worry about this, Dave. I got you covered. Yes. Um, but I, I I, like to have some kind of front and back protection for my iPad. Uh, since you're not buying the Pro, you're not going to be able to do the keyboard cover. I like the keyboard cover. Um, that's just a personal preference. Um, Apple smart covers are pretty nice or uh, some kind of smart cover you know, type thing. Uh, of course, they're very expensive. You can get, you know, a lot. There are a lot of third-party covers. I'll tell you, for a long, long time, I had like a sub $5 cover that I bought from a manufacturer on Amazon on my iPad. It had 
great functionality. It just was not the nicest feeling cover on your iPad. So depends on if cost is a consideration versus function. I would say figure out how you want your, your cover to function. Um, and then and then go from there. But you definitely want a cover that's going to give you the ability, most of them do now, to orient your iPad in a, in a couple of different directions. So I, I would say cover cover is key. That's probably purchase number one. And then I say you want to think about, um, do you want an external keyboard? If you're going to get an external Bluetooth keyboard for your iPad, I would probably say there, there are two routes to go with this. Um, one is you can you can just get a very inexpensive Bluetooth keyboard, and there are a number of those that you can you can get for you know thirty bucks or or less. Uh, I think Anchor makes one, and there are a couple of third party manufacturers who make one. Or you can get a nicer one. And I think if you're going to go the nicer route, I would just say at this point get Apple's um, get Apple's keyboard. And I like the the guys that's is it Studio Neat that make the the canvas case that will. Um, be both a, a holder for your iPad as well as handle the um, the Apple keyboard because that's got lots of possibilities for expandability in the future. So again, it, it, it depends on, I think, whether you want to go um, just kind of the inexpensive route and have one depending on if you're going to use it or if you want to go the nice route. And, and you may want to start off with the inexpensive route first. And if you decide you like it, upgrade and go nice. Yeah, I, I really like the feel of the iPad in my hand without a case on it which is why there's a divot in the back of my iPad Pro. <laughs> you can get a very minimalist case, but anyway, go ahead. So, so what I got instead is I have some sleeves. You know, there are sleeves that you can stick in. So when you stick it in your bag, the glass is protected, and the sleeves I get are thick enough that, that I can put it in there with the, the keyboard cover, but you're not getting an iPad Pro, um, or at least um, Enoch's not, so that's not the one. But, you know, a sleeve could also work if you're careful. Um the the thing about the iPad is there's really not, I don't think there's a whole lot of stuff that you must have with an iPad. I don't think you need an external battery. I mean, the thing gets like 10 hours of battery life. If, if you find that it's using up battery, then you should buy one. But I don't think you're, you should just feel like you have to buy an extra battery because 10 hours, if you get 10 hours of work done a day, you're probably pretty good. Um, the, uh, the keyboard is useful, but you know, a, a stand would be nice. I like the little stump stands that rubber. So like if you want to put it on a table and if you're going to play a movie or, you know, watch HBO while you're working on something else, that's kind of nice. But um, there's really, I don't think you need a lot. I, my recommendation would probably be just get an iPad and use it and find out where the holes are. You know, like all of a sudden you feel like you don't really like typing on glass, get yourself a keyboard. And like Katie said, you can get a keyboard anywhere from $12 and $200 and just, you know, find your own pain point either way. Um, and then, you know, pencil, he can use the Apple pencil with his, but I, I would say start without it and see what you want to do. I, I don't think there are really any essentials. I it, If this is his first iPad, just see if you see what you do with it. And I, for the iPad pro, I, I do think the pencil is really worth considering because it, it is something that only works with that device. No. Remember, we had lots of updates to the iPad now. You don't have to have an iPad Pro to use the Apple Pencil. That's right. Where were That's you? That's right. That's right. I, for I completely forgot. There was this whole Apple event in September. Yes, yes, yes. So, so okay, let's talk we, about we the had Pencil. A, we I, had a show. Okay, a okay, show you got me. Yeah, okay. You got me. You got me. But the, uh, I do think that the Apple Pencil, it's, it's a unique input mechanism that only works with the iPad. And I think it's worth trying out. You know, get one. They've got a two-week return policy at Apple. They don't care. If you just bring it back on the 13th day and say, I don't like this, they'll give you your money back. 
um, I would give it a try just to see what you think. I use the pencil all the time, even for just things like um, user uh, interface elements. When I do the morning OmniFocus sweep, I use I use an Apple Pencil. It's just faster and easier for me than using my finger. So I would give it a try. Uh, do we have time for a few more? Uh, let's do the last one with Thomas. Thomas is sending his daughter to college. He says, I have one of my children going to college this fall and we'll be upgrading her in a laptop and phone before she leaves. And he's always done the routine maintenance and updates to the software and operating system. And he's wondering how to best to continue this when she's no longer in close proximity. If you buy a man a fish, she eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Yeah, I, I think there's some truth to that. They got at some point your kids have to take responsibility for this stuff, just like their cars. Um, I've got the same thing. My oldest is about ready to move out and actually within months now. And I've gone through and taught her some of that stuff. And, and I've explained to her, if the computer falls apart, cause you're not taking care of it, you're not going to get a lot of sympathy from your dad. And the same conversation we had about the car, you got to take the car to get in, to get the oil changes and do things like that. And, there's no excuse, you know, once you're old enough to drive a car, you're old enough to be responsible for that. So I guess I uh, some tough love is <laughs> one, one thing you could do. Uh, the other thing is most of this stuff is not that frequent. So I would imagine she's going to be coming home occasionally. And if you feel like she's just not going to do it on her own, just tell her every time you come home for uh, Thanksgiving turkey or whatever, just bring your stuff with you and dad will take care of it for you. That's That's the other option, I would think. Uh, in terms of remotely doing this stuff, there are some remote options, but on iOS, it's not as easy as it is on the Mac. Um, but there are options out there. What, do you have any that you would recommend, Katie? I, I don't know that I do. I, I don't know if you can do this with um, like device um, device management software to, to automatically install updates, you know. Yeah, you, def you definitely can. I mean, I know companies do it all the time, but um, I, I just don't know offhand which one I would, I, I haven't researched it. I'm sorry, Thomas, but there are some services out there where you could do this remotely, but I feel like that's overkill for your kid going to school. I mean, we, Jamf was a, a sponsor of ours for a long time, and I think if you still use the code MPU, you, you can get your first couple of devices for free. I, I, I think that's something that you can, you can do. I and, and, you know, kind of use it as a, as a family management software, but I don't know that that's, I, I think the key to this is, is to teach her how to do it and the importance of doing it. If nothing else, then she gets new emoji when she updates her operating system, but she's probably going to be home at Thanksgiving or at Christmas or for spring break, you know, enough that you can do some of the, the critical updates. You can also do a few things like you can turn automatic software update on. So she'll at least get the badge. You can turn automatic app update on. You can, you, you know, you can, you can do some of those things to, to have some of the stuff happen in the background. Um, another question he asks is he says, I've never released family sharing and felt vindicated when you blogged about quitting the feature. That was several years ago, <laughs> I, but I, when it first started, I, I went in early and that was the one time my family was ready to throw me out uh, over technology, but it got way better. And we've been using it in our family now for years, I think at least years and it works fine. So I, I don't have any complaints. So the, the nice thing about the family sharing thing is it allows you to see each other and find friends easily. We get to share app purchases and movie purchases. We've been buying movies on the same account forever, but my kids can easily access that. And even my daughter, when she goes off to her apartment can do the same thing. So uh, I am at this point, Thomas, I'd say I am a family sharing user and fan. So give it a try. All right. You want to talk a little bit about stuff we're playing with right now? Yeah. Yeah. You go first. 
So I am playing with a uh, new iOS app that you might have seen written up, but it was um, written by our friend John Chaffee, who was uh, was the behind uh, Busy Mac, Busy Cal, um, and it is called WinWorks. And I actually had an opportunity to chat with him a little bit before he launched and gave him some of my thoughts and suggestions, which he was very receptive to. And I've been beta testing this for a while and um, it's now out and everybody can buy it. Um, we've talked before about services like Calendly and those types of things that I've used for my business. And I've never been 100% satisfied with them. And I was so happy when John told me that he was getting into this market because I thought, oh, good. I have someone who I can talk to and tell them exactly how I want this set up and, and see um, what's going on with it. But WinWorks is a scheduling app that allows people to schedule with you so you can find out when works. Um, and what it allows you to do is to set up a different couple of different types of appointments. For example, I've got three set up right now for coffee, for breakfast, for lunch, and then share these appointment types with people and let them schedule when it works for you and when it works for them. And the methodology that he's employing behind it is it it's iOS based. And so it works with the calendar store on your device. So for example, I've got, um, I've got my iCloud calendar and then I've got my Google calendar or my exchange calendar or whatever calendars you have access on your device. It will schedule on whichever one you want. So it works with multiple plat uh, multiple different calendar types and it can read all of those calendar types. So it can look at all of your different calendars to see when you're available and when you're not. And so it, 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 automatically knows about all of that information on all your various calendar services. You don't have to just pick one, which is a big limitation of a, a lot of these other products. And um, it, it stays on device and you, you can share the information. So for example, I've set up, um, here's, here's one of my more complicated ones, but it's fancy. I've set up a lunch appointment. So I've set up specific days and times that I am available to go to lunch. So I'm available for lunch Monday through Wednesday from 1130 to 130. It's a one hour lunch appointment. And then I've created a couple of options. And um, so for my lunch options, it knows that it's going to add it to my work calendar because during lunch, I'm, I'm during that's the during the work day. Um, minimum notice before event is 16 hours. So um, they can schedule it the day before. Um, 15 minutes has to be free on my calendar before the event. 30 minutes have to be free on my calendar after the event. And then I ask them some pre-booking questions. So for example, I ask them, where should we meet? And I give them one, two, three, four, five options that I like that are near my office with um, a couple of different types of, of food. I've got an Italian place, a Mexican place, a Americana place, a barbecue place, and a pizza place. So there's a little something for everybody. And then I can also include in other options. So if somebody wants to meet somewhere else, we can. So it it solves a lot of the back and forth of number one, when should we meet? Well, just pick a time that's available on my cam calendar. And number two, where do you want to go? Well, here's five options I've already suggested, and I know that I'll be happy with it. Um, and then also here's a phone number. Put, put your phone number in, and um, that way if something changes, we know. And then they pick the time that works, and it automatically gets scheduled on, on my calendar. So I'm very excited about it. It's a lot of things that I wanted in this type of, um, in this type of um, uh, program. He's he's got a lot of ideas for upgrading it in the future, and I think his uh, his pricing model is very very fair. Um, you, you get a free trial to start, and then you can you can um, schedule. I believe the model is you can schedule um, up to five appointments, but you're not limited to type. You can schedule up to five appointments a month for free, and then you, you can upgrade to a pro version 
which will give you um, unlimited appointments for, I think it's like five bucks a month. So um, I, I thought that was a, a cool thing and it's definitely something that I'm, I've been using and I'm going to continue to use. So it, there's no harm in trying it. So you might want to check it out. Yeah. As I, as I teased earlier in the show, you know, my daughter is, she's changing schools and you know, we're she's going to a new place. She's going to live farther away up in LA. So she's not moving out of state. So close enough that I can drive to see her and she can drive back. But the, uh, but I am super sad. I, you know, I just want to, some parents are like, can't wait for their kids to leave. I am not that, but the, but there is a, uh, if there's a, a bright star to all this, it's that in our small house, I am going to have my own dedicated office space and I really can't wait for that. So, um, as, as things are kind of boiling down here and she's getting ready, she's looking for apartments and we're starting to make ideas about moving. Uh, I'm starting to think about this bedroom I'm going to take over as my home office and I want to make it great. So I, you know, this is a chance I have to kind of have my own space. I do some video stuff. I need to have, you know, I need to have a bunch of needs met by this, this one space. So I wanted to do some planning. I went and looking in the app store and I found a great app. It's called home design 3d gold. I mean, that's the worst name ever for an app, right? Home Design 3D Gold. And they, they have a version that's not gold, and it's free, but the, the, the gold version is $10, and it adds a bunch of features that make it just get the $10 one. But if you want to redecorate your house or even do even some remodeling, uh, it's got a little bit of a learning curve, but once you figure it out, you can easily kind of recreate a model of your house. I'm just doing it for one room, and I've got all the furniture that I want to put in there, the the desk, the desks, that's plural, Katie. I'm going to tell you about that someday. And the the various things that I'm up to with that room, I can try out different colors of paint. I can try different, you know, finishes. And then you lay it out in 2D, then you press the 3D button and it's virtual. It allows you to zoom right in to kind of get a feel for how the space works. And it's a lot of fun. I've been using it primarily on the iPad, but it also works on the iPhone. It uses Dropbox as a syncing engine, so you can make changes on whatever device you're sitting at. And I've had a, a good time playing with this and it's, it's really changed some of my design plans. As you do that 3D model and you kind of get in the space, you realize, oh, wait a second, that's not gonna work. I'm gonna have to think of something else. And um, it's kind of fun. So if you're thinking about any, doing anything to your house or your apartment, check this app out. Well, I think we've about uh, hit the witching hour, so we probably better wrap it up for that. Of course, if you have any feedback on this episode, the best place to hit us is in our brand new discourse group, which you can find at talk.macpowerusers.com. So sign up for an account, get in there, and, and start talking all about all kinds of Mac Power usery things. Uh, we do want to thank our sponsors for this episode. Uh, that is FreshBooks, Omni, Gazelle, and 1Password. And we will see you all next time. <laughs>